are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy life to listen to the show. We have the biggest show of the year because it's Game of the Year! Game of the Year! Woo! Woo! A little Ric Flair woo in there. That's right. If the entire year of podcasts was foreplay, this, my friends, is going to be the money shot. And we're, we're re-recording ep- this. We're not doing this every fucking episode. Make Come up on. any joke. Come any on. joke other Come than on. that. Like you've had the same joke for every episode. Why are you they can leave that in? Good grief. Like all of them. Game of the year, game of the year. Josh is in good spirits, as we can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we have two big episodes planned. This first one is going to be basically all the categories for the year, and then we're going to argue about it at the end. And then the second one is going to be the actual top five games of the year. So there's going to be two podcasts in your feed. You don't want to miss them. Uh, but let's get to some real quick intros before I announce the categories, just in case this is your first show. Um, we'll do some really brief intros in case you haven't met the crew before. Um, Josh is here, uh, as you already heard him already, chiming in with his normally <laughs> lovely demeanor. Uh, well, Josh, you already got a head. You already got a head start on my joke. Uh, let's see. Earlier today, he, you, he you said, "Can head. I have all?" Hmm. There we go. So I'm in such it's, a it's, fine mood. It's true. He also has a head. Okay. Great, uh, great. Curious <laughs> to see where this one's going? It's not going anywhere. Come okay. on, you know, fish. Um, <laughs> earlier, Josh said, uh, Joshua Fowler is here from Michigan. He said, can I have all the game of the year choices that will go unused by fish who only played two games this year? Hmm. Um, now, what I was going to say is you have to make a deal with the devil, which for every game that you take from Fish, you have to actually transfer one inch of him, of yourself, to him. Um, but you already, you already got ahead of me on my joke, so I don't know now. Mm. Is that a deal you're willing to make? Is, is it that important to you? I don't need them. There you go. The choices or the inches. Either way, like, it's... Mm. Sounds like I'm winning here, Josh. Good, good option. So, fish. I don't I'll think take, they give you. I'll, I'll take his inches. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be a fool to pass it down. Uh, I don't think it gives you a credit, fish. Fish is here from Texas. Pass it the down to who? Johnny Doe. Um, Most man on the totem. Speaking of pass which, it off to his, who exactly wants a hand-me-down dick? Grandchildren. Well, I mean, be a fool to pass. <laughs> be a fool to pass down the offer. Is what I mean. Mm. Um. So, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, uh, Fish is here from Texas, and uh, Fish, I don't think gives you enough credit. You finished a good handful of games this year. Um, mm, that's right. Pass up. I, yeah, pass it. I guess pass up makes a little more sense when I'm thinking about it. <laughs> pass up. I thought that's what you were going for. <laughs> pass down. You can't pass it. I don't know why. I feel mm. like in my head they're both the same thing, but I guess passing up makes more sense. Um, although I do like that mental imagery of us just passing, trickling down inches from Mm -hmm. Josh, just down from Josh to fish to me and then Mm, to Shay. I hate when I throw down after I drink too much. (laughs) Like I'm sitting by the (laughs) toilet and I'm just throwing down. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the worst. Uh, Yeah. 
when you get kicked into the bar, it's just not. That's right. Yeah. It's it sucks when you get thrown up into the bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, yes, that. Um, yeah, but fish, you are. Uh, I apologize to anyone listening who is not a English first language speaker here, because that entire yeah. entire bit was unnecessary. And convoluted br- if you... And was brought to you by Honey Nut Cheerios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think most of, our, most of what we do is entirely unnecessary, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Fish, you finished a good amount of games this year, so we'll see how it shakes out, right? You finished yeah. a good handful. Mm-hmm. And a handful it's fair to say it might shaking. shake in, yeah. too. <laughs> it's like Fish yeah. always says, more than a handful is just a waste. So, um. I Thanks can for say here. that, actually. <laughs> You're such oh. a good friend to remember that. Wow. Yeah. I remember I everything. That. That's like a quote from back in 2000. <laughs> I was going to push to see Marie what... Marie Antoinette's boobs? Or... Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I assumed. <laughs> yeah. Looking in our history <laughs> textbook. You know, okay, and, uh, yeah, all good. Me just looking over to Morgan saying, hey... Anything bigger than a handful. It's just unnecessary. Hmm. If only women felt the same about you. The listeners couldn't see this, but as uh, Josh made that joke, and Josh, or not Josh, uh, Fish was trying to explain his way into understanding the joke. Morgan was sitting on the camera just watching, waiting for Fish to basically be like, I don't understand this joke. Like, Like, that's the things that, like, the listeners miss is, like, a quarter of the time, Josh makes a joke. Nobody understands it because uh, he's in a different level. He's referencing shit us uncultured people don't understand. And then Morgan's just sitting there waiting for Fish to explain his way into the joke. Hmm. Or is it out of the joke? I don't know. In or out? I don't know. Who can say? It's nebulous. Or under. Or over the joke? To explain his way to the joke. Yeah. Let's just do all the prepositions. Let's just make this... Mm-hmm. Let's skip the Game of the Year stuff and just make this a grammar podcast. Hmm. Yeah, that would be like a I realization can get beside of, that. of my nightmares. Um, <laughs> God I think we could it. get through that. <laughs> could you fish? I don't know. <laughs> I, anyways, thanks for getting don't, us... Don't uh, let him knock you down, fish. It's the same guy who can't spill, spell lately. He spells it lately. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Don't let him knock hey. you down. I, I, I'm not saying I'm any better. I'm just saying that uh, it's, we're both going to be stuck in the mud there, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, no, Fish is here, and you it's our third game of the year show, and Fish is still here, which in my book is a blessing unto itself. Ain't I could right change fish? that. I could change that right now. I'll quit. I'll quit right now. And it's such a, um, it's such a actually, good follow-up to that, but I'm... We've been, ta- I'm we've been talking about this fish. You can't actually quit. Um, it has nothing to do with the what? legal legalities of the business. Um, we're firing you. Um, it's kind of been a unanimous decision coming for a while. Um, we're instead going to hire your daughter. Um, we think she has oh. a lot more to offer. Um, she has oh. better insight. <laughs> Sorry, man. 
Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not I'm not allowing my daughter to be on this uh, vile ass podcast. <laughs> I don't think I, I would wouldn't either. either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, and of course, that voice you've heard, uh, a third mysterious voice, is uh, Shay Layton broadcasting from Japan. I like to use the term broadcasting because it sounds cool. Um, sounds very professional, it? doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, I mean, they don't yeah, like being called broads anymore, but no, but they do like being. No, I'm not gonna make that joke. Um, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it makes it sound a lot more professional than it is, but really, it's just all my stuff just set up in my closet to get somewhat decent sound. So, like, I'm sitting on my little futon recording in my closet like a professional broadcaster would. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah, but um, I'm excited. I'm excited for this week. Um, I'm excited for us to argue. I know it's inevitable. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping we avoid the uh, the <laughs> the pickle we ran into last year. <laughs> oh, that was Where quite we... a pickle that fish threw at us. Yeah, yeah. It was more like I threw it and fish ate it with me. <laughs> we got pickles. pickles. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't resist a good pickle. Well, uh, if you just no, we couldn't. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to get almost, that something was almost going to come out there. joke pecking order? Yeah, I know. He's like, you could see him debating. I walked like, into that. It was, that yeah, it was, it was like, uh, yeah, never mind. That Simpsons gif with Grandpa walking oh. into the bar and immediately walking oh, yeah, back yeah, out yeah, of the yeah. bar. Yep. I was <laughs> thinking. I was thinking it was more along the lines of Homer Simpson just fading into the brush. Oh yeah, that meme. Yeah. No, it was it was that I set down my joke for half a second and then picked it right back up and walked out the door. Right out That's the door. It's equally fair. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a fun show. I mean, it, it already started with Josh yelling at me, and it'll probably end with Josh yelling at me. So that's when you know you're in for a lively show. <laughs> uh, the categories we have for today for your listening pleasure are gonna be favorite ecosystem, which is a sword chomp speciality, favorite art direction. Favorite narrative, favorite character, favorite character you'd like to have a drink with, which produced some hilarity last year, favorite haircut, that's right, favorite music or soundtrack, favorite boss battle, favorite moment, favorite multiplayer memory, favorite gameplay mechanic, and favorite game feel, like best game feel of the year. And some of these, if they sound a little weird, just hang, hang in there when we get there, um, It'll all become clear. But, uh, Shay, I wanted to hand it to you first as we get in. I've kind of arranged these categories um, in, a, in a nice flow here. But the first one is a Sword Chomp original. And I, thought, I thought I'd send it to the biologist of the crew first as we go around Robin because it's favorite ecosystem. And we started this last year, um, which Horizon won. But a lot of games now, almost more than a handful every year, really emphasize the uh, ecosystem in the worlds they create from Horizon to even Zelda last year had just a crazy amount of depth into the creatures and how you could use them in the game. It's something we're seeing more and more and more, and this year is no exception. Um, uh, You know, just thinking about Red Dead off the top of my head, you know, there's the amount of creativity that goes into that is, is unparalleled. So, fun! We're all animal nerds, and we decided to make this a topic. Favorite ecosystem. Yes. Yes, we did. Take it away, Mr. Layton. Yeah, I want to start this category off by giving it its just desserts, or like it's uh, not just desserts, but it's uh, 
due diligence, yeah. I guess, would be the better. It's just desserts. Just desserts. <laughs> English is You're hard. Get what's coming uh, to you. So that's right. <laughs> God damn it. But, <laughs> no, I, I do want to say that this year and in recent years, uh, like Morgan is saying, we've seen um, a lot more go into the biology of games, and I think it's awesome because that gives people a lot more information about the world around them, the natural world around them. It gives more knowledge out to the world, even if a lot of it is fake. I mean, you look at something like Monster Hunter World that has a great ecological system. A lot of those monsters, well, all the monsters really, are completely fictitious, but it just, there's a lot that goes into it. And, like, some of that stuff is somewhat real. I mean, like, the naming systems of some of those monsters and everything it's interesting so i'm just glad that games are paying more attention to that and the other thing i want to say before i give my example is it's a shame that um i didn't play no man's sky right when it came out because i think that would have definitely won this category for me had i played it in 2016 i played it this year for the first time so it's a shame but this year um to keep it simple definitely went to red dead redemption 2 for favorite ecosystem um, I think, you know, I think a case could have been made for Monster Hunter World, but I just played it yesterday for a few hours, so I definitely didn't spend enough time with the game to pass it off to that. Mm. Red Dead 2's, um, ecosystem is vast. We've talked about it on our podcasts. We've talked about it together, um, you know, behind the scenes. This game is very expansive, and one of the ways they do that is you document all the creatures in the world, um, you study them, you learn about them, and it makes the world feel more lifelike. If they didn't have this ecological system in this game, I'm I'm willing to bet this game wouldn't feel nearly as good as it does. Uh, a big mm-hmm. part of why this game works so well in so many different aspects, you know, sound design, visuals content is because of the ecosystem uh and it's even better that it's realistic that's a part of what makes the game so realistic is there are all these different creatures in these different environments and they are paralleling exactly what appears in real life so for me it it going to school for this going to school to college in that area nonetheless was really cool to see a lot of these animals i grew up with and i could interact with you know being in japan i don't get to see a lot of these animals at the time at this time and so it's a really cool interaction for me to play that in game so red dead 2 for a favorite ecosystem for me gotcha okay uh josh um sorry i was just thinking about all the wild cosplayers Roaming, roaming the woods near where Shay is now. Oh, okay, yeah. that's quite an ecosystem. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of yeah, very baby different, baby. different sort of setting than he's used to. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I get to see a lot of Neanderthals hmm. out in the the wild now. Hmm. <laughs> All right. That, that anyway, my head. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna kind of reiterate what Shay was saying. Red Dead Two. The way they handled just the animals interacting with each other with, with, you know, not counting the deer with a fatwa against all player characters, um, 
really, really impressive stuff with the way the everything, everything in the environment interacts with the world around it with each other is really cool. And it, it just, it makes you feel like you're there, like you're in a real place, um, in a really, really cool way in Red Dead 2. And that really is probably the thing I'm going to take away from that game more than anything else is just how they handled the environment there. It was, it was really cool. Um, just to be able to, especially like I mentioned this before with the sound design and being able to, you know, like a hear a squirrel or a rabbit in the woods and track them down was really cool. It's not really something that's had that much attention paid to it before by a lot of other games. Yeah. Yeah, marshmallows. Uh, you have a mouthful of marshmallows. What are I, you looking at? I, if, I, was, I was gonna say, if Fish <laughs> just put gum in his mouth while he's about to talk on the podcast, I was gonna reach through his camera and strangle. Hmm. What is that? What are you eating? Um, it's called high chew. Oh, so it's not okay. It's not bubble gum. The main food the source of candy. the uh, of the wild cosplayer in Japan. High <laughs> <laughs> chew. It's part of the ecology. Of, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. They're delicious. All right, well. Well, because fish is chewing, it's best that uh, I throw this to him right now. I got very so distracted by all that chewing. It was it was really hard to get through that answer. <laughs> I was muted. You guys could hear it. I'm sure. No, you could but hear it. yeah, mm. yeah. You've got the okay. largest portion of the screen, at least for me. Yeah, and me so it's too. just a massive. It's all mouth. massive <laughs> mouth of fish right in front of the camera, just chewing furiously. My whole awesome. year's been like fish's giant mouth with just nonsense coming out of it. That's mm. pretty much every day of my life. <laughs> How uh, dare you hurt my feelings like that? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Uh, what do you got for best ecosystem, fish? Um, man, I, I kind of want to use my tie right now. Just blow my load right now. Well, do it. Get, you have a history of just throwing a wrench in all of our uh, podcast magic. So why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like fucking things up, but <laughs> now I'm going to go with uh, Monster Hunter World. <clears throat> Just because even though the worlds aren't as expansive as I would like them to be, and as free-roaming, uh, because a lot of times it feels like you're still going down kind of a corridor type of areas, and some maps are actually just fucking corridors. Um, but I would say, like, Seeing the monsters out in these different environments is very interesting to me. And the fact that not only can you see all the different monsters interact with each other, they have special fight animations against each other that you're rewarded with if you can just hang back a little bit and try and get them to actually like have a turf war, is what it's called in the game. And like for them to actually create these animations of these two monsters battling out and seeing special animations from these monsters that you normally wouldn't see when you're just battling them is I think a step beyond what they needed to do in that game at that point but since they did take that step it just added to how that ecosystem in that game uh, translates uh, with one another but um, yeah the game okay. did a good job, I think. Also, the story was actually 
the whole premise of the story is actually revolving around um you know these elder dragons that uh die and create these ecosystems so that all these other monsters can flourish in the same area uh which is also interesting um but they did such a poor job of telling that story <laughs> yeah that's but, a shame yeah no, I mean, I I will generally agree with Fish um, to to a point. Um, I think that the Red Dead Two ecosystem is like miles and miles above the Monster Hunter ecosystem. But you know, it's not going to be a very interesting podcast because Red Dead would probably just win every category for me. So I'm no, just not well, going to do that. That's the only thing that it's done well this year. So you know, well, you know, I I respect your ability to be wrong, Josh. It's a it's a it's. A, <laughs> It's your God-given right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to spread it around a little bit. Um, well, like I said, I'm only speaking my, for myself. I'm not speaking for you, Josh. And uh, that Red Dead would probably win every category for me, and that would not be an interesting show. Um, and one thing I do like about the Monster Hunter uh, ecology, like Fish said, I mean, pretty much the entire game is based around it. And, I mean, that 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 is the game, you know? And there's little things, too. Like, I was just in the desert area the other day, and I saw this, like, little dung beetle rolling, like, a ball of his own shit around. And uh, there's like giant ants and wasps and God, the, that's, the anno- that's not how dung beetles work. They don't push their own shit. They push other people's shit. Well, whatever. It was pushing shit around. Okay. Look at look at Shade perked right you up. You tell there. him, fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Fucking tell him. What, what would the point be of pushing their own around? Like, what sort of nutrients are gonna get from that? Come on. Come so on, so you're saying that it was like um, on top of that, how is a beetle gonna shit out that much shit? <laughs> being the size that yeah, it is, mean, just think about it. <laughs> I just said it's shit, not like it was. It owns that shit once it it rolls oh, it up okay. into a ball. Okay, so it's more it's, of a possessive than a uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's an excretive. I, I think you're I don't think there's so, a, yeah. Let it be known, this is the most particular fish we'll get on the entire podcast. <laughs> I got that, Josh. About the dung beetle. <laughs> We're going to continue this grammar podcast. (laughs) It's not stopping. (laughs) Much like rolling up the hill of the shit. You guys do the grammar podcast and we'll just do the uh, dick joke podcast. And then everyone will be unhappy. Um, But, uh, you know, just there's a lot of little touches to it. Like that girl, that annoying girl in the game yells ecosystem at you like a hundred times. Oh my goodness, Oh, this ecosystem. Oh, this ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'd almost feel bad if I didn't give her the goddamn award. Because ecosystem, (laughs) ecosystem. Uh-huh. Fucking squealer he is. Hmm. Hey partner, check out this ecosystem. Oh god. Um even like the end of the game when it gets to like the graveyard area, it has like its own ecosystem. So it's like I said, the way Red Dead handles it is obviously a million times better. And just Is that you the know, ending judging... of the game? Is that the ending of the game where <laughs> like you're going to fight oh. the final boss and then it you defeat the boss and then that chick pops up and she's like, the ecosystem. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't that's, end that way i'm thing. never playing that game again hmm. i should have called it monster it's funny that it's called monster hunter because i so i said this before and i gave shit a lot of our fish a lot of shit for it we're back to the shit thing and i was only half joking when i said that the hunting in monster hunter is worse than the hunting in red dead but now that i've played like 40 hours of monster hunter it, it really is worse i mean you just walk up to a green track on the ground and you click it and it shows you where the monster is but I still love the game. I still love it deeply, and I think the ecosystem is unique to that. That entire game is based around it. Um, but, you know, later on, Red Dead will probably, I'm assuming, when just because Josh didn't play a lot of Monster Hunter and 
like Shea said, he loved it, but only played like a day of it. So yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, it- I never got back around to it like I was planning to. Whenever it first came out for consoles at the beginning of the year. So I'm gonna spread the love around, and uh, I will say best ecosystem, Monster Hunter World. Hmm. For that off of that dung beetle. And yeah. Those weird little mud creatures. There's even like little, and the way they fight Pushing each other, some like you randos dung around. Integral. Yeah, yeah, rando dung. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to? So um, we'll talk more about that later. But those are our choices for favorite ecosystem, a sword chomp original. Uh, now, to create those beautiful, vast ecosystems and worlds, you need a powerful art direction, and that brings us to favorite art direction. Uh, so let's uh, let's go round robin here. I'm going to f- switch the order around just to keep everyone on on their toes. Uh, Josh, what is your favorite um, art direction of the year? This was kind of tough. There were a bunch of them that I liked. Um, just kind of briefly hit on them. Like uh, Sea of Thieves is really cool. Has a kind of unique art style. Um, Donut County I really liked. Celeste was interesting because it was pixel art, but didn't only do pixel art. Like, it kind of switched back and forth between that and painted and stuff in order to kind of have something that fit whenever they were doing, you know, like, different parts of the game. Um, Mm -hmm. Which was, you know, neat for something different. Um, And Gris was beautiful. It's kind of a watercolor game that just came out. Um, beautiful game um, but I had to go with one that really just impacted the story and well not, well not the story so much as just the way the game played in general which was Return of the Obra Dinn uh, with a essentially 90's hypercard type aesthetic um, that made it just just vague enough that a lot of the detective work you were doing in that game um, wouldn't have just completely jumped right out at you. Um, like, it, it, it allowed it to be clear enough to be able to get what you were looking at, but not, like, completely spelled out for you in a lot of ways that it probably would be with, like, a really modern art style or something. That and it's just gorgeous. So I went with that just because it was integral to the game instead of just being an art style for its own sake. Like a lot of the other games that I still thought were gorgeous this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the art style in Oberdin is um, definitely the most distinctive. It's not my selection, but it's the most distinctive art style of the year for me, for sure. Mm. Uh there's just nothing quite like it. So, um, what about you, Fish? Art direction. Where are you going with this one? I had to go with um, Sea of Thieves. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, some runner-ups to it, of course, was I'll just name off one. The other one that really stuck out to me that made it kind of hard um, was Moss as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but ultimately, like, I understand like the art direction in Moss was more of like not necessarily a gimmick. It's just the nature of VR and them 
use it, utilizing that technology in a unique way to actually create yeah. a very, I mean, it's very simple, but like it, they, they went for like this very like miniature type yeah. of village type of feel to it, making you feel like a giant, but you feel yeah. like you're also like right there in the action. And it, it was very unique to me, but yeah, I, yeah. I had to go with, yeah. Yeah. Moss was also on my short list for, Kind of because of what you're saying there, the mm-hmm. scale was dead on. Like it made you feel like you were there in the game instead of just kind of yes. Like yeah. it was it like every everything was to scale, and that one also was another one that was kind of. I didn't want to drag it on because I already had way too many things I wanted to bring up, but Moss was awesome in that mm-hmm. respect. As far as mm-hmm. the art direction was all built around making it feel to scale to you which was really cool, really cool how they pulled that off. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Moss. Go ahead. I was going to say, it was on my short list too. It was in my my top three. Oh, okay. Because like you said, not because of the way it looks, because it it actually just looks almost a little bland, I would say. It's just the scale of everything is is the most vital part of that world, so. Yeah, it's just perfect. It it really makes you feel like you're there. Mm. Which is perfect for VR. So mm-hmm. even even more tricky yep. to pull to pull that off. Yeah. Yep. But um, ultimately, I Thieves. went with oh, Sea of okay. Thieves. Yep. Cool. It is a gorgeous uh, game. It is very it, gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, there, there's you can look out onto the horizon and you'll see like this beautiful, like picturesque sunset going down, and it just looks so realistic seeing like the fog or the, like that kind of sunset haze on distant islands and everything Mm -hmm. and then you could turn over look at one of your crewmates and he'll have the wonkiest fucking look on his face with (laughs) the most cartoonish type of you know hairstyle on him and it it all just fit somehow in that game It it was the weirdest thing like things up close at times look very cartoonish but then at other times you're looking at something that like the ocean itself which looks hyper realistic and moves in hyper realistic way that it it was almost jarring is it was like I was like they were tricking me into accepting this world as reality watching mm-hmm. a banana be shoveled down your gullet uh to gain <laughs> health and everything I'm just like it, it was very unique to me and I had to give it to them, uh, if not just for like their ocean graphics itself. Mm. But just say sea yeah. tech, say ocean tech. I know fish just disappeared on mine too, Josh. I saw Josh looking at that. <laughs> I still hear him. A fish's picture. His giant Gary vanished. Busey mouth is gone. I don't know what to do anymore. <sighs> oh, mm. that's weird. Sorry, Uh-oh. fish. You've been replaced. We could still okay. hear you though. Still hear me? Okay, that's all you're, that matters. You're you're still alive. Yeah, you're still here. You'll come back if necessary. I'm sure. Let me find. Let me go find my face. What's <laughs> 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 um, hmm. the next song from the weekend? Uh, Shay, what what uh, struck you? What's your art direction of the year? I think you guys can figure it out if I let you guys guess. But since we don't have really time, and I don't have the inclination <laughs> to want to do that. Uh, my memory of us was my favorite yeah. art direction of this year, bar none. Uh, I thought that there, might be it for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, there's a little bias going into that. I played that game at um 
Tokyo Game Show this year, and it is the game that stuck out to the me to me the most out of any of them. A big part of that was the art direction, the art style. Um, it reminded me a lot, a lot of a mixture between Braid and the Misadventures of PB Winterbottom, and it just mm-hmm. the use the use of the color red in that game <clears throat> over the black, white, gray palette that they chose, or whatever you want to call it, was for me very poignant and it was very affecting. I know some people thought it was a little heavy-handed, but I thought it was just it was brilliantly done. It was absolutely integral to the story. Um, that, yeah, it just I guess that style really appeals to me. So I know this game is not going to get a lot of love. It hasn't been getting a lot of love this year. Um, that's not the reason why I gave it, but it was a further incentive for me to give favorite favorite art direction to this game. Uh, wow, that's a that's a shocker. That actually floored me. But. I mean, a close second would be Sea of Thieves because of the the water, um, but bar none, it's my memory of us. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Okay, yeah, that's cool. My memory of us. Um, I think I'm I'm actually I don't have a lot of conviction on this, um, but I'm gonna go with Sea of Thieves. Mostly because of the sea tech in that game is, you know, I try to spread it around a little bit. Like I said, I was actually sending fish this article last night. Um, it was, it's by Arthur Geese. It's on Polygon. If anyone wants to check it out, it's how uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 was inspired by a bunch of uh, uh, classic painters. Um, and it's uh, explains a lot of how that game looks realistic, but almost has a little bit of a, I'm not going to say like a cartoonish look, but the um, vistas for example, like Jay- are, yeah. They really do. They kind of give you that Western painting sort of vibe. Yeah, there was like a bunch of painters like J.M.W. Turner, who was an English romantic painter, um, was one of them. He did the shipwreck of the Minotaur. Like, there's just a lot more that went into that particular, um, like you said, the vistas and the look of that game than I expect. It's Anyway, it's a fantastic article if you read it. But like I said, in the service of spreading it, the art, this around, uh, I think the sea tech alone in Sea of Thieves, like that is an artistic achievement, the way they, they made that ocean look. Um, yeah, the skies look gorgeous, the sunsets. The characters are just, look just kind of goofy and cartoony, like a rare game or anything game. But um, the, the world itself is like staggeringly... Uh, gorgeous uh, in its own way but i think just the the ocean itself it is the sea of thieves uh is just an artistic achievement that i wanted to to give recognition to so mm-hmm. yeah the sea is almost its own character in that game as gorgeous as it is yeah. as much as it like you just feel it whenever you're sailing in that game it's yeah yeah absolutely all this talk of it is making me want to just stop the podcast and go play right now, <laughs> just go play more i know it is yeah good. Mm-hmm. That's so adorable. Um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> we're the only four people in the world that seem to care about Sea of Thieves anymore. Hmm. Um, although I've noticed that a lot of the likes we get in our, on our Sea of Thieves videos seem to be from the 10 to 14-year-old demographic uh, checking the statistics. So apparently that game is hot with the kids. Hmm. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, we, we get a lot of views and a lot of likes on our Sea of Thieves video, but I, I couldn't figure it out because it generally gets a lot of negative like negative buzz from people I talk to or polls and stuff like that. So I was just looking at some of the stats and it's basically all children, which is a little alarming. Um, <laughs> so yeah. oh, I thought that was a funny and hardened sailors thing. checking in from homeroom. <laughs> <laughs> Check out my new tattoo guys. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their mom only gives them nine dollars a month, so they have Game Pass. And Sea of Thieves is pretty inoffensive, <laughs> I guess. It's uh, for for all the for all the kids who aren't allowed to play Call of Duty and Fortnite. Hmm. Maybe. Anyways, mostly the C Tech I think is an artistic achievement, and I want to spread it around, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um. So. There we go. Best art direction is in the books. That you noticed in the first part of this podcast, other than a couple of blips here from Josh, we're trying to be a little more positive, but because generally the second part of the podcast <laughs> is when we try to chop each other's uh, dicks off and slit each other's throats. So that'll happen later. So unrelated. I, I might, unrelated. That's un- not. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is, but unrelated this time. Yeah, nothing to do with Game of the Year. It's just what we do in the second mm-hmm. half of the podcast. We chop each other's sticks off and slit each other's throats. Um, I'm actually a little unnerved because I just realized <laughs> that I've accidentally agreed with Fish on the first two choices of the show. Hmm. So I feel like I need to wash my mouth out with soap or something. Mm. You would say that. <laughs> Scrub my how brain with a... How, how, do, yeah. how about you just rejoice? Get you some of that Dawn <laughs> vape juice. <laughs> <laughs> Cleans your vape and your teeth while you're at it. Mm-hmm. Good man. And um, your lungs. I need to scrub my brain with a Brillo pad. Um. All right. So the next one. I mean. I mean. Despite what Josh might say, I'll kick this one off. I feel like this is like the the no brainer of the year. But whatever. I'm. The, we're not going to fight yet. Um. Best. Our favorite narrative for me is definitely Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh. It's been kind of a slow year for narratives for me. I mean, the only other two I could really even think of were like um, Spider-Man and like God of War. And there, I mean, I actually really liked the Obra Dinn. I just never got to finish it too. But just what Rockstar is doing there in terms of um, not just the main storyline, which is, is really incredible, especially in the final few chapters, but with the strangers in that world, everything is part of the na- narrative. Like you can find like a guy who's dead off a cliff and you find out that he just got married and he, he's dead and his wife had no idea. She was wondering where he went. There's all sort of like weird little like clues. It's like environmental storytelling as well. Environmental and storytelling is actually really important to me when it comes to video games because I love a good story, mm-hmm. but video games have a chance to tell stories with just showing you things. I don't need everything spelled out for me. And this is one of the few games, maybe from Rockstar ever, where they don't spell everything out. There's a lot of mystery to that world. So even though I really love the main story and obviously Arthur Morgan and, and Dutch and, and all those characters, the, the world itself has so much good environmental storytelling in it yeah. uh, that I just loved. It's amazing what they can do when they're not hamstrung by trying to shove it all into talk radio. Yeah, yeah, cities and yeah, mm-hmm. buildings and all that. I, I've I've thought for a long time that you know t- to be fair, me and Fish talked about this earlier in the year. Far Cry Five actually had really good environmental storytelling too. I know you guys didn't like the story as much as I did, but um, it's environmental storytelling is such a cool thing. And I've always wanted a game that was like, don't focus on an entire city. Just give me like take all that effort and time and resources and give me like one town, but just as much depth and. I mm-hmm. think that's one of the things I kind of appreciate about Far Cry 5 is it was a good-sized game, but it wasn't like cities and all this stuff. It was like sparse wildlife, and when you came across a cabin, it was a big deal. Same with Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. So Just a smattering of trailer parks. Just Yes, yes. And there, that, was the, that was the first video I ever put on our Instagram page about that game was uh, that people seem to enjoy. It was me walking around a trailer park and just looking at stuff, and uh, I found it pretty interesting. But anyways, so for me, it was definitely a landslide for Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I know it's, that is a game that's a lot for a lot of people to chew. I mean, I fit in most people could finish God of War 10 times before they could finish Red Dead Redemption because it's just so long. 
and I understand that. Um, but I feel like it's going to definitely give you back tenfold what you put into it. Um, Shay, what about you? Uh, narrative, favorite narrative of the year? Um, I went with Crosscode as my favorite narrative mm. of this year. Uh, even though I didn't get... <coughs> Sorry. That was a real cough. <clears throat> oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck? Um, it's not his usual asshole cough. He, he legitimately just had to cough this time. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Even though I didn't get to finish Crosscode, unfortunately, um, I got through a decent portion of the game, and it just... It drew me in immediately. Uh, mm. the, char- the characters are just so powerful in that game. Like they, ha- they each have their own personality, and it draws you further into the narrative of the game. Like You want to know what's going on in the world, and you want to know why. And it's not the most original story in the world. It's very similar to Sword Art Online. But it's the way the characters draw you into that story is what makes the narrative work so well. And it's how, it's how the characters interact with each other to progress the story as well. And it even, like, you're talking about a lot of, like, environmental um, storytelling and whatnot. I think that is really true about CrossCode as well. Each area feels vastly different, and it, um, it really it gives each area a lot of character, and it just adds to the story, adds to the mythology and the history of this world, and it just the whole thing just draws you in. This game is, I think, going to be probably besides my memory of us. I think uh, CrossCode is easily going to be the most overlooked game of this year. And mm. um, it's a shame because the narrative in this game is fucking incredible. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All I right. really, I enjoyed that Another as well. Just the way they just going to briefly touch on this before we move on. Cause it didn't quite get there for me, but it's also like, like he's mentioning the way they it's set in an MMO. But it's a weird sort of like future MMO that's actually a real space, and so they're yeah. they're kind of fleshing out the made up world that this MMO has for itself, and then also setting up the real world that it's set in at the same time. So you're yes. you're just you're getting so much really cool information, um, and they they, they pull it off in a way that I did not actually expect them to because it seems like such a convoluted premise that I'm, I'm amazed that they pulled it off the way they did. Yeah. It's like they did it in the way that Assassin's Creed has always tried to yet consistently fail at, to be honest with you is the best comparison I can mm-hmm. possibly think of. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, like they try to build this, a game this sort of a thing real. Yeah. Yeah. They try to build this real world inside of this like simulation type of scenario. And I don't know about other game players, but 90, I feel like a good 90 plus percent of the people probably don't give a shit about what's going on in the real world in Assassin's Creed. Um, whereas yeah. in this one, in CrossCode, like both, both storylines have equal impact. Like you still care a little bit more about what's going on in the simulation, but you care a hell of a lot more about what's going on in the real world as compared mm-hmm. to something like the Assassin's Creed real world. They managed to do that really well. 
Mm-hmm. What was your uh, choice, though, Josh? I know you're elaborating on crosscode oh. per se, but... It probably would have been crosscode had I not gotten around to playing The Missing late, late in the year. Um, mm-hmm. It's... I kind of... My top three there were crosscode, My Memory of Us, which is also really good, but... Yeah, the missing I thought was just so, so good, um, and I had, uh, you know, just it came out at a time where we were just playing way too much, and so I really didn't get a chance to get around to it until kind of this, you know, last little bit of you know quick catch up with everything that we missed in December, sort of a, you know, yeah, little yeah. bit of time I had, and finally went back and played that and. The story in that game is it's it's really cool. It's it's do, it's doing a lot of sweary sort of things with the whole stuff is mysterious and people talk backwards type, you know, like why is this happening type you know, setups that you get. Um but the game as a whole is a whole lot more metaphorical than some of his other stuff. So a lot of that crazy dream logic type stuff actually plays directly into the narrative in ways that just kind of felt, oh, this is weird in some of his other games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's one of the, one of the best stories I've seen in a long time. Um, the way they're able to get the, you know, the different characters to feel, it, it's it's good. It is good, good, and it's I've I've really not heard anybody talking about it. Um, just cause I, yeah, I think it, it just got missed. The... It just got missed. Yeah. Well, I, I looked at some of the reviews, and they weren't bad, but they weren't like really high either. Which you know, for a smaller game like that, if it doesn't get like really high reviews, mm-hmm. it, it can tend to get kind of swallowed. Um, yeah. Which is weird I've, because even a lot of people I know that love sweary like we're not talking about it. I don't... Mm-hmm. I've seen it on a few uh, game of the year lists actually, doing research for the show. So I, it is getting a little love. Hmm. It's not getting a lot, but it is getting some love out there. That's that's good. I think it. I think it's probably yeah. gonna. I think it could end up being kind of a cult classic, kind of the way a lot of his games end up being. It's just. People don't hear about it until way later, and then check it out. And yeah. there's, it's so unique that it kind of it gives you something to love in a way that a lot of games just kind of feel sterile. Uh, I'm excited to play it. I just didn't want to cram it before the podcast because I was mm-hmm. worried that if I liked it, I, I really just didn't have any more room in my heart for any more games. So you're <laughs> a brave man for cramming that at the last second. Mm. Uh, but it does look interesting. I watched the trailer with my my wife and. He was like, this looks fucking weird. I'm like, yeah, it does. That's kind of his thing. <laughs> He's a weird guy. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about Deadly Premonition. Uh, Fish, what, what do you have for narrative of the year? Oh, this was a tough one for me because there was no games that I liked as far as narratives go. Because you didn't play any games. Why? <laughs> uh, I did. Hence the pre-podcast joke. This. Yeah. Got a handful. Did you play anything with the story besides God of War? Yeah, that that was the only one, really. Hmm. And, <laughs> and that was an amazing first act. Yeah, it really was. The, yeah. the first 
Two hours of God of War were exceptional. No, the mm-hmm. whole game is a first act. Oh, oh, oh here we go. Yeah. Mm. He's on that trail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, just when I thought Josh and me were about to agree on something, mm-hmm. he threw a curveball at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, sorry, Fish, we didn't mean to interrupt you. We, even if you didn't play a lot of oh, games, we still love you. you and your opinion. So tell me what it is. Okay. Since you love my opinion, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, into the Breach. That's my favorite narrative. What? Wild. Yes. Okay, go okay. ahead. Elaborate. I've, I really fucking love the narrative in it. It's mostly just world building type mm-hmm. of stuff in the background of that game. And there's really no story being told. Like, the only dialogue you're really getting in that game is from these different corporations. I know what Josh is going to say. (laughs) Who's your favorite? (laughs) (laughs) Favorite story of the year. They really don't tell a story. Best story of the year. There's no story. But it has no story. (laughs) Don't need a story. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, fuck. It doesn't though. That game didn't need one. Like what they were able to get across. <laughs> no, thank just God with it didn't have setting one. Yeah. Is amazing. Yeah. It's setting, yes. Indeed. And you know what? <laughs> it is called the best fact- narrative. To be fair, it is called favorite narrative, not favorite story. So, in mm-hmm. Fish's defense, technically, it could slide in there. He's it never could. mind. I'm not gonna oh, backing out of another joke here. Slide it in there. Come on. Mm. We knew where that joke was going. Huh. Get your train back. Get your thought train back, fish. Come on. Choo choo. All aboard. Get on the fish's thought train here. We derailed you with our assholeness. Mm-hmm. No, I'm coming to your defense, no. fish. Narrative can mean many things to many people. Thank you. Appreciate it. To all those wrong so, people. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, this is the nice part of the show, Josh. I know. This I is just... the nice part. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of games with stories, to be oh, honest. Oh, here we go. Fish, say it. I want to get a sound clip of this. Go ahead. No, put your phone away. <laughs> Stop recording, my, everybody. I don't need my phone. It's a podcast. It's pre-recorded. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Just edit that out, please. <laughs> Anyways. Tired you know, there really story. wasn't any stories that were give, that gave me, you know, that great of a feel. Or I just felt <laughs> passionate about bringing to the table other than Into the Breach. Because, frankly, I made my own story in that game. Woo! And, that was, mm-hmm. and that was to be the best pilot ever. <laughs> And God, I, I love you. <laughs> I, I, I went through that game just thinking to myself, God, what a great game to let me just, you know, use my own imagination and not have to tell me what to fucking think in a game. <laughs> and, you know, I appreciate Subset for creating a game like that. So yeah. props to Subset for making the best narrative in 2018. Yeah. Or maybe you should to be, say props to, be to yourself. To be fair here, as much crap as we've been giving fish. <laughs> The way they, the setup of that game is that humanity has lost the war against these giant insects, and so they send someone back in time to make one of the timelines not complete garbage. 
And so your job yeah. is to be that pilot going back in time and fixing things. Um, mm-hmm. Whether you do Very or grim. not. And it's, kind a, of it's hopeless. a neat setting. Yeah. Like I was saying, it's a really cool setting that kind of lets you... They don't give you a lot on why these insects are here or, you know, exactly what's going on. But you do get a feeling for, like, each island you go on has is, you know, different government, different, you know, sort of values that each of them will have. You'll have, like, different mission objectives and stuff because of it. Because the different societies have, you know, kind of developed differently. They do, they do get a lot of you know, just personality across a lot of just kind of story that you can just kind of put together yourself with the very little that they do, you know, outright tell you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to be fair, right. Fish, even though I make fun of you, I actually was playing the other day as the Rusting Hulk Squad. And uh, mm-hmm. I finished it on normal. And then um, whenever I, I did one of those like things in my head, like you were talking about, where I, I painted them all gold. And I was like, now they're the glimmering hulks. And they're going to try and do it on hard. <laughs> like, like they saved the world once and they got a bunch of money and they got cocky. Um, and then unfortunately on hard in right. the second island, I got wiped out. So the end of that story was uh, hmm. the cocky hulks got a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the story of that timeline is hmm. don't be a... Not Proud so hot. Fucking, yeah. Well, the stupid blob things that shoots the other blobs got you, me. The thing um, was, you were any- talk, you're talking about them as the gold hulks, but it was actually fool's gold. Oh, I see what you did there. Fool's gold, yeah. It really was. They were good, but yeah, the blob was just better. Um, also, ju- just to end on uh, Into the Breach for me, um... Also, the the gameplay ties into that of going back through time, uh, these different timelines, and like as you as you go to different timelines uh, in like a science theory type of thing, um, there there's there's going to be variations throughout each timeline, and each subsequent uh, playthrough of that game, you have you know different mechs, you have different outcomes in your battles and how you lose or how you win are your conditions of victory um you know how many different buildings that you saved on the power grids mm-hmm. like all these different random things come up into that game and they all kind of just play into that saving each timeline and each you know game feels a bit different you know mm-hmm. other than you know the reoccurring theme of the mechs and the vex that you're pitted up against um, and the different pilots that uh, come through the time with you, and the randomness of all the the time pods dropping down, everything just kind of like ties into that whole timeline thing, which yeah. I enjoyed quite a bit, and that's why I ran with it with my mind as far as fantasy goes. But yeah, oh, he ran with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do give you a cool feeling there, because like even when you win yeah. you still go back in time it's like it's your job to try to make as many of these timelines livable as possible which is just kind of mm-hmm. it's cool you know it, it kind of gives you a kind of like a dark tower sort of a feeling with like all these worlds that are connected but instead of being yeah. you know different takes on you know like 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 all fictions are the same it's kind of like just this looping time it's like all versions are the same so it's 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 cool yeah, yeah. 
All right, well, you can't have a great narrative without great characters. So that gives a nice transition to our next topic, which is favorite character of the year. Um, another slam dunk for me, not to be kind of one note here, but obviously Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, pretty e- I mean, honestly, I didn't even know how I felt about a lot of the characters, including Arthur at first, uh, because you know, there's basically like two tutorials in that game. Uh, the first and the second chapter there's just it's it's a lot and uh, you don't really it's hard to sort of absorb an entire character arc in that time but by the time i was done with that game i could easily say that um arthur morgan is probably the most most fleshed out and likable character i've maybe ever seen in a video game um and if and if he wasn't in there there's still dutch and sadie and a bunch of other incredible characters. Now, obviously, it wasn't a great year for characters. I'll give you that. I mean, I, I was trying to spread it out a little bit when I was thinking. I was like, well, Doc Octopus was pretty cool in Spider-Man. Uh, he was one of the more interesting people in Spider-Man. Um, but, you know, there wasn't too many things that I felt that were too captivating this year, at least for me. But even objectively, like, I just was floored at how they were to make a character arc over the span of a, what, hundred plus hour game from a character you don't know anything about to that seems a little unlikable or has a bad streak to then he becomes likable to it's it is a full redemption story but um the bond you feel with your character is deeper than that because of the journey you live through him even the little things the role playing the camping the hunting that the, you're getting a haircut when you're feeling kind of down you know it's it's one of the most incredible things i've ever experienced uh, in a video game ever like i was i had tears in my eyes during something horrible that happened at the, at the end of the game, and that's never happened to me before playing a game. So it, w- it was pretty easy for me to go uh, with Arthur Morgan on this one. Um, what about you, uh, Josh? Um, I had a few of them, but kind of like like, uh, like uh, Shay was mentioning earlier with a lot of the world and everything going on, just the world building is real as it feels in CrossCode this year um the main character in that game is kind of a subversion of the whole silent protagonist trope that's been around forever um whereas like in most of them it's just kind of assumed that you're saying something or that who knows like there's not any real justification for why your character doesn't talk in most games like that um but in crosscode the main character, Leah, is mute. Uh, she's unable to talk, and everyone around, you know, interacts with her that way. Um, and it really changes the dynamic of how you get to know all these different characters, how they react, given that you can't talk. And it's it's really cool. It's really cool. Um just from the character herself being able to show as much personality as she does without talking is amazing um and then just seeing the way the world reacts to that is also really really cool it's awesome that's all it took for them to give a reason for a silent protagonist it was like a really simple, believable way, and like you're saying, it worked really well for the world. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and it definitely cool. is one yeah. of the ones I I just instantly think of whenever I'm thinking of favorite character for the year. Interesting. So their their play on the silent protagonist was their kind of giving a reason for them 
to mm-hmm. be silent. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, cross again. It's it's tough because you know Cross Crow is one of those games that even myself and maybe a lot of our listeners might not be able to sort of connect because they uh, they don't really maybe they didn't play it, but maybe it'll pique their curiosity. Um, what about you, uh, Fish? What do you have for favorite character of the year? This is a tough one because, like narrative, there were no characters. <laughs> God, what a sad world you live in. Uh, Fish's favorite kidding. character of the year, the Jagra. <laughs> no, the, that was Devil Joe. The mm. annoying girl yelling, like ecosystem. Ecosystem. Hey, partner. Hey, partner. You meowster. All right. Thanks Play for derailing. Let me get back on my choo-choo train here. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even go anywhere. I didn't even leave the station. And you guys already started shitting all over me. <laughs> no, no, you started it on yourself. You know what I, mean? I shit but, it on myself. And then you yeah. guys just started shitting on me. Sounds, it sounds awesome. like you're stalling awesome. trying to figure out what you're going to pick for <laughs> this category. It's more what it sounds like. <laughs> you noticed that. Mm. I did. Mm. Give me some hints here, guys. I mean, uh, this is this I'm is just kidding. Just, oh, okay, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. It's it's Kratos. Yeah, of yeah, course. I definitely is. see that this year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is like Kratos has always been that asshole who's just been so angry the whole entire time, and then for us to get treated with Dad Kratos. What's kind of nice for us older, you know, gamers out there who are parents now and mm-hmm. can kind of understand the dad part, but in a mythological and godly way, you know, so um, I found it very interesting <laughs> to see, you know, <laughs> Kratos's character uh, interacting with his son and kind of hiding back these truths from him because he, like any other father... You know, you don't want to tell your child everything about the world. You got to wait until they're ready for it. And, and I just found that kind of interesting to see see that play out in, as far as for Kratos to kind of struggle with that, struggle with his own past, dealing with his child as well, afraid to tell him who, what he is and who he is and, you know, where his origins come from and everything. Um, and where he, where he stands in the world, which, you know, it's, like I said, is very interesting type of thing to see play out in a game um for parents so yeah i definitely enjoyed Kratos as a character it's interesting if it like i can see that as being one of the better characters of the year especially if you're kind of i don't know how else to word it kind of like hedging your bets that the next iteration we're going to see even more character development or not the next iteration, the sequel, we're going to see more character development of Kratos. Mm -hmm. So I could see that choice being made because you're expecting a lot more character development to come in the, in the future for him. And I think you compare it to past games to now he, he's definitely become any, any character development is infinitely more than he's had before. Right. Exactly. He's not, he's not a, two-dimensional character anymore you know mm-hmm. he's he's this doesn't add up about... though fish is afraid of beards this doesn't hmm. add up hmm interesting 
But I like That's that. That's amazing, though. So you equate you like, your you entire like personality to your beard, Morgan. Is that is that what we're hearing? Sure. The all I'm just of it saying that, like, wound up I'm in that beard. I'm surprised that it didn't. I'm surprised it no didn't, other like, defining characteristics. <coughs> Morgan, I'm surprised it didn't beard haver. Yeah, you're one to talk. Um, I I, f- I feel like it's just surprising because I think it would have been like a turnoff for him. Like it would have been hard for him to, you know, for like you're on a date with somebody and they got a big fucking mole on their forehead or something. You know, it's distracting. But yeah, surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not racist. <laughs> what? <laughs> Beardist, you mean? Um. Anyways, uh, so so I'm curious now. Which race is it that all have moles on their foreheads? He is half god. He is half god. Come on. Come on. You can't mm. see it. Because mm. I can't either. Uh, I'm going to move away from fish as quickly as possible on that one. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <coughs> uh, Shay, um, what would be your selection for a favorite character? Of the uh, yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, character yeah um, my my favorite <laughs> oh man my favorite character actually also came from crosscode this year but it was not the main character even though the main character was a great choice i actually picked gerald mcfly also known as captain jet from crosscode mm. and it is a character you don't get to see a lot in the game but the little that you do get to see there is a ton of character development in just that little bit of time. He's a really good foil character. And to give you guys some context, because I know Josh and I are going to be the only ones have, or anyone who played CrossCode is going to know what the hell is going on. Um, at the beginning, you wake up on the ship, and basically you learn how to, you know, kind of fight again. Like you learn how to do all your basic movements, which is essentially the tutorial. and um, you're learning how to move in the game and then you go up above deck and you see where they're taking you from out of bounds because you were out of bounds um you have amnesia and you're being brought back into the main world and basically this captain of the ship he's just kind of this like uh, surly gruff man but he also has a heart of gold as well and it it just shines through the little interaction that you see. What ends up happening is the main character gets attacked for unknown reasons, and this captain's like, basically, I don't know this girl, but there's no way that you're going to fuck with this ship or you're going to fuck with this girl. And he just, like, goes in overprotective dad mode, and it's awesome. And he just... This character just... I don't know. He had a ton of character early on like it was great it really was great i love the character and it was enjoyable huh interesting yeah there are a bunch of characters i could see basically anybody in crosscode being somebody's favorite character yeah. with just as much depth as they're all given it's really really rich that way hmm okay all right Favorite characters in the books? And we're moving on, I guess. Let's see. Favorite character we link with at a bar. Um, Fish had a notorious uh, selection last year. 
Um, so I guess I should throw it to you. Now, the idea is a Sword Chomp original, but the idea is that it's just someone that you'd maybe like to sit down and have a drink with, maybe pick their brain. However you'd like to interpret this question, you know, you can sit down at a bar with one video game character from the entire year. Who's it going to be? Fish. Is it just Kratos again? Wow. Wow, that's tough. You know me, I'm, I'm not racist against the beard, so... Oh my god. I just... Uh... <laughs> hey, 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 he's, he's, double, he's double downing, he's stained with his original downing. comment, give him <laughs> mm-hmm. some respect. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's not okay. shying away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I really don't want it. Like the previous two, um... This is really, you're just putting a (laughs) downer. Just say it's Kratos and you want to take him to the bathroom and snort cocaine off his 12 pack. How about that? Perfect. Let's go with that. You want to drop your Greek trousers and get a boner so I can do a line off of it? Well, his his 12 pack is already cut into a bunch of perfect lines and squares and sections. So the cocaine. Even his dick has. Even his dick has a six pack. <laughs> his dick has a six And a beard. It's weird. Well, it's pubic hair. <laughs> it's weird. His dick looks just like him. It's white with like a red stripe. <laughs> and it just as soon says, as it gets away, it goes, boy. <laughs> Why did it say it like that? Because it's small. It's a mini version. Of course, all boy. mini versions have a higher pitch voice. Boy. Oh boy. Right, we're gonna skip fish. He forfeits his selection here. Um because I can tell he's just floundering in the sea. Um mm-hmm. what uh actually it, it it was actually Abe Ishima from Into the Breach. What the fuck? Um, That's not I'm, God, this, I can't do this anymore. Oh. Abe, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the He's not the Japanese stoic, or anything. I th- I'm pretty sure he is, actually. Mm. He comes off as Japanese, but... Mm. Are there, um, there aren't really characters in that game? I know. I know. Is this one of your imaginary characters that you role-played as? Um, that I fantasize about? Yes. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, Josh, let's... <laughs> what are we talking about? How about this? Let me set this. I'm going to set this back on course, okay? The character I'd like to have a drink with at a bar would be Joseph Seed, the father from Far Cry 5. Uh, yeah. for... Jesus, that's even worse. Because you totally oh, have a sort of personality uh, that wouldn't buy into a cult or anything. Well, there's a couple reasons. I was watching the, uh, the Amazon uh, documentary on Eden's Gate, and basically, uh, it looks like they put some of the bliss oil in your drinks um to to sort of like help influence you so first of all i'm putting my cup right next to his my beer right next to his beer it is a clean shot to drug me up right that's the first thing get my hand on some blissful and secondly i would just want to see like what was so charismatic about him that he was able to you know convert all these people you know what i mean because like cult leaders whether you whether you like the character or not i'm not here to you know, argue taste with you, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, cult leaders throughout history have always been very, like, interesting to me because it's like, why would people follow these people and do such crazy fucking things? And a lot of times it's because they're very charismatic uh, and they have, uh, like, almost like Dutch from Red Dead Redemption 2. He would be another character. He was my 
on my short list. Um, so that's why, like, not only because of the, the bliss joke there, but also because I want to see what it is about this guy that's so magnetic, he's so charismatic that all of these people want to fuck. Also, he's got a great man bun. So Fish wants to know how to do I that. I don't know why. I don't know why. It always reminds me, like, that, that, that logic reasoning reminds me of, like, people who are like, I would like to live through a zombie apocalypse. Because, like, it's implied that they assume that they could survive the zombie apocalypse when, mm -hmm. in all actuality, they would probably be one of the first zombies. And this is what this reasoning is reminding me of. Is like, <laughs> right? you're saying, you're saying basically, oh, I would just like to see uh, what makes him so charismatic, in parentheses, because there's no way he'd convert me into joining the cult. Yeah. When in all actuality, if, uh, Morgan would probably be the first one to yeah. join the cult. Yeah, because if he, I had to put money on this, <laughs> Morgan yeah. definitely would be the first one of us to join a cult. Right. Well, if, I mean, if we had to put money on it, if he's got faith seed in that cult, it's, it seems seems like the safest bet. Unless it's a sex cult, if he then we definitely know who's joining that. Yeah, you know, he would probably drop a couple of drops of bliss oil in my beer, and yeah, I would probably be under the influence. What can I say? He's a handsome man. I mean, I wanted to go as him for Halloween, but I just don't have the hair. So, get those nice glasses. Maybe I actually ordered, I'm going to order the eBay statue of uh, the father uh, here with some of my Christmas money. I, I the eBay statue. Um, well, I'm sorry, I rephrased it wrong. It's on, e I'm ordering it on eBay. It's a, it's a statue that came with the collector's edition. Um, it's pretty adorable. I bet you it's about 67% authentic. It looks pretty cool. I'm just kidding. That's cool. I'm excited for you. Uh, but yeah, so that's because, you know, honestly, I thought he's going to be my fun answer for character of the year just to piss you guys off. But unfortunately, Red Dead happened and it had about 50 of them. So, but uh, what about you, Josh? This one was. Uh... Sorry, just grabbed a bite of something right before you asked me. Sorry. <laughs> uh, should I throw it to someone else? <laughs> no, I'm good now. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, mine actually was from God of War, but I am going to have myself a nice, nice drink. A nice. We'll probably have a whole barrel with Brock from God of War. Who's Brock? Is he Ooh. one of the forging elf people or whatever? Like the, the little forging elves. Yes, that's Brock, the forging elf. God okay, good. damn it, Morgan. The elf of forging. Brock. Mm-hmm. Good. Yep. Brock the rock hard. Oh, no, he is an onyx. He's in Pokemon. I know Brock. Until he got written out for whatever his name was, Joey he, or something. He did, yeah. Uh, and then got written back in because fuck Joey. Uh, wait, what's so, what's so great about the, the little dwarf guy? I don't get Explain. Why? Why do you want to have a beer with him? Um... It'd just be nice to have somebody could keep up for a change. Oh, okay. I got you. Mm. Wait, but that isn't he isn't he short? I thought he doesn't have a lot of like blood to fill with that blood alcohol, you know what I mean? <coughs> he doesn't have a lot of blood to fill with alcohol. It makes logical sense. Okay. I don't really remember how big he was, but I thought he was short. Is he not that short? I'm gonna Google. It's it hard right to now. tell. It's hard to tell because they were all right next to Kratos. 
so it's not really the best of comparisons, but he seemed, I don't know, not super short for a dwarf. Like Let's four foot Brock. something. They weren't like the tiny dwarves that you uh, see in some of the fantasies that's like, you know, like three foot. So you're... Lo- okay, here we go. So your logic is that you think he can keep up with your... Uh... My logic is that he's probably one of the better characters from the game. Brock and Sindri are both really cool. Um, just the way they have that whole dynamic of basically they're your vendor through the game, crafting stuff for you and whatnot, and they both basically do the same thing, but they got into a fight before the game started, and uh, neither of them is happy that you're dealing with his brother at the beginning. So as soon as they see that the other one has modified your axe at all, they get pissed and competitive and fix your axe again um, and try to make it even better than the other brother did, which kind of leads to a really cool dynamic. Yeah, he's the, the he's the blue one. Okay, Brock mm-hmm. is the blue one. He's the Smurf one. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I would have never guessed in a million years that's where you were going with that, so... The day has just been full of surprises. What's hmm. next? What next? What surprise could Shay throw at us next? You guys are not going to see this one coming at all. Uh, the character I would like to have a drink in a bar with would be Clementine from The Walking Dead. Um, huh. she's had a really rough. She's had a really huh. rough year, guys. Twenty. What year is this again? I... Clementine, huh? Uh, it's I'm sure she's legal final, now. The fun. <laughs> You know, she the, can have a drink. Sure. Here's the thing, man. <laughs> it's she's had a rough year. They don't say her age. Um, mm-hmm. I assume she's 21. Uh, she's had a rough year, guys. Um, when did the first you know, one come out? She's still in the zombie apocalypse. She's taking Add care of a up. child. She's taking. Mm-hmm. She's taking care of a child. Um, you know, her her story got kind of canceled and now it's being rebooted again thankfully not rebooted but you know continued she's had a rough year and the thing is you know worst case scenario um if you know someone tries to get lippy in the bar you know starts talking smack she's gonna pull a gun on him like she has Mm -hmm. no fear she's just gonna tell you to be quiet or she's gonna kill you and she'll have no remorse about it is the thing uh uh, to me, she's the only logical choice for this year. She's had the roughest year out of any of the characters. Yeah, she save, definitely deserves save a for, drink. Save for maybe Mimir. He's the only other character who's had it probably as rough as her. So I feel like she, mm-hmm. I feel like she gets the drink for the year. Mimir oh, yeah. was the head on the belt guy, right? He was the talking head. Oh, dear God. Right. The takeaways we get. Right, that's it. That's literally all he was. Just you did the same yeah. thing to fucking Far Cry. There's no difference. You're just the same as me. You're, the, you're just like me, Josh. We're the same, you and I. What? There we go. Um, Clementine. Yes. Which, when I Googled it, pulled up a bunch of uh, fruits. So... Wasn't exactly what I expected. She is a lot older now, and uh, other than Josh's inappropriate joke there, um, mm-hmm. I that, I don't think it was inappropriate. I think he was talking about her 
Drinking, drinking age. About her age. Drinking yeah, age. Yeah, the drinking yeah, no, age. It was a drinking yeah, age. It's just yes, that, of course, yes. Morgan is immediately thinking of, you know, insertable age. Can I bang it? No, that's fish. That's not me. Hey, yeah, as we regularly. were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, uh -huh. we we're literally talking about this this exact topic from last year, and we were talking about how one of us mm -hmm. selected the female character from Resident Evil because they'd like to, you know, see what happens on a date situation. Oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. I don't no, believe but that she was, was interesting fish. <laughs> I, I well, don't believe that was fish. She, to be mm -hmm. fair, this year I did not. And yeah. although I almost went with Sadie, but she's been too grief stricken and I don't want to creep around her, you know, but Mia, to be fair, was living a double life. And that was my logic is she was a, she had a double life that she was living, um, for working for, uh, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've already justified it. Point being she is fish hot, isn't though. the only creep you want on this podcast. Look, uh, there's four creeps here. That's kind don't of our cast thing. him out. Um, all right. Well, except Josh. <laughs> Josh is probably not creepy. The rest of us are guilty as charged. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> so, I want to take a cult leader. Shay wants to take someone we're praying is 21 years old, and Fish wants to take a character that was basically imagined in his head. So, there we go! We're on, <laughs> we're on a good roll here. Um, it's weird. Do you think... I haven't seen a lot of people talking about it. It's weird, because The Walking Dead had that whole, um, tra you know, that whole... <sighs> with Telltale shutting down, but it's just weird. I just haven't heard people talking about The Walking Dead, and it's strange because I don't really. I'm not saying it's not good. I, I just it's weird because whenever I remember a couple years ago, that's all people were talking about was The Walking Dead, and I I just don't hear yeah. about it. Yeah, like between episodes of the last season, like everyone was talking about that, you know, trying to figure out what's going to happen next and everything. Is it just because it's kind but, of more of the same? Do you think, or like, what? Why do you no, think it's so? I, it's, it's because it got overshadowed by the studio closing. Like I, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't think there's any way to talk about it without immediately coming back to that. I think. <clears throat> yeah, it's that's just, probably true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Well, you know, and there's no wrong choice here. This is the fun of this category. It's just interesting to see how your minds work. Um, but fish, I want to go back to you real quickly before we move on. The character you chose, even though we were making fun of you, they—it was just a pilot from the game, right? So, was there a particular reason why you chose, like, why you think actually having a drink with this character would be interesting on on a serious level? Um, just because all his dialogue in battles are—he's a kind of I don't give a shit type of attitude. Um, he's not there for anybody else but to. Uh, achieve the mission of destroying the Vec, and he doesn't want to, you know. So it's obvious that he's, you know, seen so much. He's like a battle-hardened pilot who's seen so many timelines, it feels like, um, out of all of the other uh, pilots that I've seen in-game um, and heard their dialogue through the battles. I feel like he's probably the one that's just grown cold to the battle, but is still going through that battle, and I I don't know. I just feel like it would be nice to just sit down with that guy and discuss, you know, all the all the different timelines that he's been through and like what kind of shit that he's got into. Mm -hmm. You know, like he could tell me about like oh I was in, you know the the what's that what's the name of that uh, mech that punches? You know. Anyways, he, he, he just <laughs> you know he go on Punchy. all about that stuff. That's his name, Punchy McMickerson. Punchy 
<laughs> yeah, I was punchy piloting... Mc punch face. <laughs> I was piloting the uh, punchy Mc punch face and uh, found a Vec. Had to destroy it and the power grid just because I hate the Vec so much. Um. But, okay. You know. Cool. Well, I just want to elaborate a little bit on that. Uh, which, and, you know, if you're talking uh -huh. about great characters that you either from games that you want to have a drink with, you can't do that without best haircut. A joke category we started last year when Fish wouldn't stop fucking talking about Link's goddamn haircut in Breath of the Wild, and then it led to the mm -hmm. excellent selection of B.J. Blaskowitz for best haircut because he was, of course, decapitated mm. <laughs> in uh, Wolfenstein too. Um, Josh, do you have a good follow-up to BJ Blaskowitz this year for best haircut, or what are we looking at? Uh, yes, and the only reason I didn't talk us out of, you know, just dropping this, because it was a joke last year. But, uh, obviously the best haircut this year is Mimir. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my one. choice, too. Another... <laughs> that was exactly my choice as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Keeping with tradition, mm -hmm. decapitation. Oh. <laughs> when you, I'm trying to remember. He, when Does you he even get to see his haircut in game? Oh, okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's right. It's a whole he's story like, beat about him getting a nice haircut. He's like part of a tree or something, right? Hmm. And they rip him out of the tree. I'm trying. It's been a long time. Since. Well, they don't rip him out of the tree. They excavate him by uh, decapitating him. Oh. Man, we have a tradition here. Is it? We should. Should we just change the award to best decapitation? Because it seems like that seems to be our, uh, <laughs> our general theme. Yeah, uh, it seems like it seems like we get one really good decapitation a year from the video game industry. That's true. Why not just Roll broadcast it. it to the world? It sounds funnier as best haircut. Um, I could live with that one too because I didn't have, really have a funny answer to this one. Fish, did you have another sort of man crush answer to this one, like Link? Mm-hmm. I did. Okay. Joseph C. Oh yeah! Joseph C with the man bun. S Woo! With the man bun, mm. no shirt, all those scars all over his body. Those those killer shades that he's wearing. Oh, they are killer. And he's got some style. And that man bun mm -hmm. just pulls it all together like no other, so. He definitely has the best haircut, or no haircut, because it looks like he's just growing that shit out. Hairstyle, almost. Mm -hmm. Uh, wow. Yeah, and Shay said he's going. Yours was Mamur too, Shay. I don't know who Mamur is, but I definitely yeah. picked Mimir. Oh God damn it! I hate you guys so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done fucking with you today, Morgan. Yeah, I picked Mimir. Um, oh, you're, you're fine. Mimir. Mimir. Okay. Mimir. Um, gotta have your Norse mythology down. <laughs> Get it down. Well, there we go. That's a hotly contested category, surprisingly. Um, Mimir's and some Joseph Seeds in there. So, uh, although, unfortunately, Fish, we might have to concede that Joseph Seed just has the best hairstyle. I don't know how much of the actual cut yeah. goes into that. Mm -hmm. It's hard yeah. to really say unless yeah. you let it down. Mm -hmm. And if you let it down, you'd probably be way too distracted to actually tell what the haircut looked like. <laughs> Damn. Mm. He's got a little Jared Leto thing going on. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, uh, well, that's a good segue to kind of split up the show with some music. Because we love, all of us are obviously 
it goes without saying, huge fans of video game music. And I think generally it's a little underappreciated in the industry, but, um, you know, we're huge music nerds. I mean, I even am part of a podcast uh, called In the Blood, where I interview composers. Um, and I do want to take at the halfway point here, say, uh, as we close the year, um, it's been an honor to make this show continually for the listeners, our friends and fans. And if you want to support us, we do have a Patreon. I do highlight it often on the uh, Instagram page at Swordchomp. And of course, it's uh, patreon.com slash Swordchomp. Look for our VIP tier. If you if you love what we're doing, pause the show right now. Go donate. We're trying to hit some goals so we can maybe start doing all of our shows in video. Um, your donations mean the world to us. And if you're out there and you're one of our Patreon um, Patreon donors, thank you. Your uh, donations uh, always remind us that how lucky we are to have such an incredible fan base. So thank you for that. Now let's get to some music. So this is pretty cool. I got some sound clips from you guys in general. Uh, a couple of them did overlap, which is nice. <laughs> what? I, I like... I'm sorry, I gotta give you one last shit. Okay, go for it. Um, the is fact that you effect? announced the music category, and then the drum roll becomes... Every time. Every time. His drum roll gets more and more... I don't know. Cheap alarm clock-like. Yeah. Every time. I think like I think like an '80s phone ringing. Mm. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is Michael Keaton. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I guess I was thinking Michael Keaton is a '90s kind of a guy, but sure. Uh, Mr. Mom. Mr. Uh, Mom was in the '80s. Okay. Mm. Beetlejuice. 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 Oh, God damn it, fish! I couldn't even get there in time to stop you. <laughs> uh, that was a nice laugh you there's had there. not a lot of room in that closet that should be interesting um so i'm gonna Ooh, play oh. a couple of the samples that <laughs> no, good god almighty um so fish uh your favorite soundtrack of the year you got a couple samples here now this is good because two of ours coincidentally overlap now we don't talk about it before the podcast it's just coincidental um but we had two examples that overlapped um one was from Monster Hunter World that you sent me. Um, what was it about Monster Hunter World that uh, connected with you musically? Um, just original or- orchestral type of music like that, um, done in a very yeah, unique way. Like you don't usually see those in games. Like, well, actually, you do, but they they're not as powerful and they're not. They they don't emphasize that orchestra um, into their game in such a way that Monster Hunter did, at least for me personally. So um, I thought it was really good. <laughs> it didn't necessarily stick out um, throughout the whole game, hmm, but okay. um, there were times where it would pop out and I was just thoroughly enjoyed by it. And or You were enjoyed, enjoyed by the soundtrack. <laughs> Damn. You are much better at that game than I realized. Yeah. Literally, do you know when you listen to a video game soundtrack, you sit down on your nice leather couch, pants off, in your whitey tidies, holding your vape rig in your left hand, holding a small bottle of lotion in your right hand, and you are enjoyed by the music. It drinks you in. Uh, <laughs> Getting real deep here. I love his logic. That's what the, the music is going to be doing uh, to you, Fish. 
getting real deep into you. Yeah, there's a, there's a really cool moment where you fight this like hound down. It's like a giant death hound uh, in this like monster graveyard, and um, it has this incredible, incredible song that plays that uh, actually connected with both uh, me and Fish. That's a good one, Fish. Um, that's a good one because we actually both had that one on there. That's the Rotten Veil from Monster Hunter. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but there may be somebody else that sent me a clip from Monster Hunter as well. Um, so I can kind of parse them all together when they come up. Um, appropriately, because the music discussion is a little more free-flowing. Free Shay Layton also said that some music stuck yes. out to you from uh, Monster Hunter. Oh, I, I do believe I did. I do believe I sent some music from Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it, you know, like, I talked about how yesterday I had just played the game. Yeah. But the music was, like, when I listened to the the song that I sent you, like, pretty much all the music in the game that I heard, but this song in particular just resonated with me, and it made me feel like I was playing a game from the 90s and 2000s. It was a game that or the music, sorry, the music in the game, just, it felt like home. It felt like something I've listened to many times before. So, that's I right. think that's good enough of a setup. Yeah, that's a good setup. That's a good setup. And there's two people, so, because there's a lot of Monster Hunter love here. Um, and this is one, if you've played any Monster Hunter, that you will be very familiar with. That plays during like the main town, so you hear that shit all the time. Very joyous. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah, it's just like super encouraging. I like it. Yeah, feel feels like the adventure's just beckoning you to come in and adventure it. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> it, that's it exactly you. what it is. Come here, adventure did it. <laughs> you know you want to adventure did it. <laughs> God damn it! Can't you feel it? Killing me, fish. The adventure did it, it fish, in your bones. I was just gonna, in your blood. I was talk over it, fish. The adventure did it, it, flowing was, through your oh. veins. Just, just let. I was gonna talk over it. I'm tonight, sorry, Josh. He's <laughs> having a rub. No, but uh, yeah, no. That's it's interesting because the music really enhances the moment you first see that that main town that you um, enter because there's a lot going on there. It's like the whimsical nature of the characters and the art. Uh, it's the, the scope of the game. Like you see this huge wooden bridge and it leads you up to this kind of like 
clifftop city, and it's just beautiful, and the music just enhances that further uh, so much more. That music wasn't there. I mean, it would still be a beautiful opening to the town, but it just it beckons you to explore the town and to adventure. <laughs> I'm making sure I watch my words there so no one makes fun of me. <laughs> I got it out of my system. I think all I made right, all good. the jokes I could with that Poor one. Fish. There's a lot of beckoning here. A lot of beckoning going on. A lot of adventuring, mm. too. I don't know about that. Um, so, great job. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God almighty. Uh... Um, anyways, uh, that, that's, uh, I, I really love the Monster Hunter music, too. Me and Fish both like the Rotten Vale stuff, but when playing that game a lot over the past month, it is very joyous. It reminds me a lot of, like, the spirit of, like, a Final Fantasy game that I've grown up with. Now, Josh mm-hmm. and Fish both sent me um, a track from... Uh, into the breach so josh i'm going to send this to you first um ben prunty did the compositions for into the breach uh you sent me one called antiquity row but what was it about the into the breach music that uh i guess struck a chord with you pun intended um it has a a really cool kind of mechanical feel to it like it it feels like old beat up mechs that are just kind of half holding together Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they're able to get this feeling without kind of falling into a lot of the cliches that you get of you know like post-apocalyptic type you know mad max music which i mean not that that's bad but this it still feels completely unique yeah Um, like you feel a whole lot more of the whole just really physical and metallic vibe coming in to the music but it's still it's completely its own thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the interesting thing is that it doesn't really have the production values of a lot of the other soundtracks out there, but that kind of works for its to its favor, probably, um, mm-hmm. because of the sort of rustic or, like you said, uh, mechanical nature of the game. This one's called Antiquity Row from Into the Breach. It's, and I remember the music from that game will stick, maybe it's because you spend like hours staring at these little grids, but the music in that game will really, it sticks mm-hmm. with you, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just like a lot, a lot of muted stick hits there and stuff. Like it just kind of, mm-hmm. it just really, really, yeah. it works. It just, it fits everything that you're seeing on screen really well. Fish, the one you sent me was called, uh. I get like 20 seconds of that, like war or something. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, acid. No, acid. Oh, this is a, this is a good yeah. one. This is from the fourth mm-hmm. area, right? Where it's like all... Well, yeah. The fourth yeah. island. The fourth well, island. Well, you, yeah. We your first playthrough through it until you unlock all the islands and you can start wherever you want. But yeah, that I think that's the last island that you come to. Yeah, and this one's cool. It has kind of a Tron vibe to it. Um, and it is called... Acid.
yeah, it's, that's a good one too. I remember that one a lot. The music in that game is it's really good stuff. Really good stuff. It's both you and Josh had brought mm -hmm. that up, so I wanted to kind of squeeze those in together. It seems like you guys uh some fond memories of him through the brief. Um Yeah. So this one surprised me a little bit. Shay Layton sent me a sample um that actually surprised me. Uh and it was from CO Thieven. And as I prepared here, Shay, um I guess I shouldn't be surprised because you're a pirate nerd, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just the music is very like parts of that soundtrack are super relaxing. And when you're when you're hitting the waves and uh you and your crew or even by yourself are just going to a specific location, that music just really sets you in the mood. Mm -hmm. Like it makes you feel like you're like it furthers that experience of you feeling like the sea breeze is hitting your face as you're scanning the horizon looking at the sun in the middle of the sky and you just see everything and you're taking in this um, aquatic vista, so to speak. And the music in that game just adds so much to that experience. However, the one I sent um, was one of the battle themes because the battle, mm. the battle themes in this game are epic. Uh, you know, the fights alone are epic. You're fighting megalodons, you're fi fighting ghost pirate ships, or you're fighting other players in pirate ships. And the music just, it not only is it a cue that you're getting into a fight, but it just, it tenses you up. It starts that fight or flight response within you. It gets you ready. So the fight music in this game, like all the music in this game is really good. Um, say what you will about the lack of uh, different missions or gameplay, what have you, uh, narrative, but the music in this game is sublime. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll show our listeners and see what they think. This song is called On the Warpath, a few seconds of uh, this theme from Sea of Thieves. It is. It is. And th thankfully, they've had temp the template from uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, uh, fortunately, because those soundtracks mm -hmm. are incredible. Say what you want about the movies, but the soundtracks are phenomenal. And they, they yeah. fortunately for this game, they kind of have that as a template because uh, they it seems like, you know, they've kind of ex made it their own, you know, taken the template from something like Pirates of the Caribbean and just made it their own. And it works very well. Yeah, yeah, that's a, you know, I, to be honest with you, I didn't hear as much of the music as I would have liked because um, when we first started playing the game, just so I could hear other pirates better and like my friends better, for some reason I had turned the music down. Um, and then when I turned it up, I was like, yeah, this stuff is really great. And I, had, it was just an accident. I was just wanted to have better that's clarity. 
That's <laughs> fair because like you guys are two of you have shown into the breach music and I kind of feel like I missed out because when I was playing that game, I was really into I was listening to an album by this guitarist named Nick Johnston and I was just obsessed with this album during the time that uh I was playing this game. So I actually didn't listen oh. to much of the music. I was just listening to this album oh, wow. the majority of the time. And so actually now when so I listen Nick to that Johnston album, was actually this Nick's, Nick Johnson was the soundtrack for into the breach, <laughs> that's, but, that's um, funny. yeah. So now when I listen to that album, it immediately reminds me of into the breach. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. Weird. Well, if you ever get a chance and you're playing it one day, you should crank the volume because music is, uh, damn. Yeah. Good. That's, that's, that's the hard part about doing the, this end of the year stuff is cause like we're talking about all these games and I'm like, fuck, I want to play all these games again, but I have all these other games I still haven't mm-hmm. gotten around to that I need to play. <laughs> it's well, mm-hmm. and for people like you, it's much tougher cause you just a lot busier than people like me. So <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, you, got, yeah. you got shit to do. Um, all right, so that's that's a good. I, I let that one go a little longer because it's the only Sea of Thieves sample that we have now. Um, Josh did send me a couple other ones here. Josh, uh, I think we both have a selection from Celeste because uh, we both really enjoyed that music a lot. I wanted to give you the uh, what was it about the Celeste music that really connected with you? Um, it has a pretty wide range. It uh, in in Celeste there are a few themes for kind of what Madeline is going through through the through the game um like her you know her own theme and then kind of like her stressed theme and just kind of the way they play off each other uh going through the a lot of the other parts of the game a lot of the other yeah music is really cool um but they're still able to give each each chapter kind of its own feeling it's it's got its own story to tell and the music does a great job enhancing that in like a lot of really yeah. cool ways. Um, Nina Rain did it. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. I didn't interrupt you. Well, yeah, but it's, it, 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 they're not afraid to change orchestration fairly significantly. Like a lot of it's chiptune type stuff, and then there's a lot of uh, just piano, like really, really, really close mic'd, cool, like really mechanical sounding piano. Like you can hear all the inner workings of it while songs are being Mm -hmm. played a lot of times like you can hear the pedals moving and it's it's really intimate the way they're able to kind of transition from you know one style of music to another yeah and the the cool thing is when you listen to the soundtrack you get this this song in a condensed format but in the game it only changes based off of your progress in the level so Mm -hmm. like if you're stuck in one area for a while, you'll hear that loop. But as you progress, you'll hear another section of the song come in. It's all correlated to how far you are in the level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll, now it'll this ramp is one up you, as it goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This one is called First Steps from the Celeste soundtrack, which again is by Lena Rain.
Uh, so that's first steps. Um, that probably explains why you like the the beginning of the game even more than I did, because that's like the first level, isn't it? Isn't that the first yeah, level? Yeah, that's like the first level, and I, I, that's one of the reasons I brought that up, because it has a lot of the themes you kind of hear throughout a lot of the other music is introduced there, so you hear it really clearly before you just start getting little chunks of it stuck in here and there mm-hmm. throughout the rest of it, but... Yeah. I think that's what surpri- surprised me the most about the music, too, is that, like, playing the first half of the game, I expected one tone from it. Uh, and the, the piece that I posted from it was from after a very emotional part in the game. It's a really intense level. Um, and uh, the song, let me see. like the way they use music at the end of that game uh just surprised me it was a lot more epic than i quite frankly expected it because no offense like when the first when the game first starts I'm like oh this is like pleasant kind of indie music i get it but by the ha- and there's there's nothing wrong with that but like about halfway through that game like it just the like there's songs like reflection that one it just the mm-hmm. the emotional intensity of everything ramps up quite a bit the, the final few levels in particular like just there's crazy like musically yeah. just some crazy shit Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Celeste was one. I, I'll probably remember the music in Celeste more. I mean, I really enjoyed the game too, especially the second half of it. But I'll probably remember the music more than than anything with that one. So, uh, and she, it was really cool because she got invited to the Game Awards and played on stage with uh, um, those uh, yeah, like a lot of those major composers that were there. Um, his name escapes me right now, but it's the the guy who did music for like Inception stuff, and I just drawing a blank, so I apologize. Um, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, him and the, and it was a, it was just a the really Zim. cool thing. So I the Zims, yeah, like a good Zima. Um, they uh, <laughs> nobody even knows what Zima is. Probably <laughs> it's it's a nineties. I sure beer. hope so. I sure hope so. If only I could be that lucky. Is it is it not good? Hmm. Is it like a lemon thing, like a citrus, like a Mike's Hard lemonade kind of a thing? Yeah, that's that's the idea, kind of. Believe it or not, Zima is really popular in Japan right now. Huh. Like really fucking popular in Japan right now. The nineties are coming back in Japan. It's just friends Dude, no, and the, Zima. No, the nineties <laughs> are happening in Japan. Like it's weird. Not to get too tangential, just like a quick <laughs> twenty seconds. But like, there's this weird like. I guess dichotomy is the best way I can describe it going on right now where a lot of things are in 2010s right now and also the 90s in Japan. So like some of the fashion is very like forward thinking and a lot of the fashion is still stuck in the 90s. So I can I can easily on a Friday night walking home from work see some people wearing some very 90s hip hop style clothing and all like all random things like all of the cologne is still stuck in the 90s. Like it's all that <laughs> super mu- all that super musky old man smell for cologne, just like, like bro- random things. Like- <laughs> yeah, like things like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Like wow, like I was not expecting that when I first came here. Like how much of Japan would still be stuck in the nineties? <laughs> That's crazy, man. That would be fun. 
Hmm. In a way. I just want to show up there dressed like Joey from Friends. Hey. <sighs> That's my only 90 bro. How you doing? Uh, okay. Nev Campbell from Scream. Okay, um, last two here. This is one that me and Fish both made our lists, um, which should actually make me pretty happy. So, and then there's a sample from CrossCode that I wanted to play for Shay and Josh. So I'll give them a chance to introduce that in a second. Um, but yeah, so anyways, uh, this is a sample that I will play, and then you guys will be able to, um, I guess, sort of guess where it came from. And so without further ado, now that the old world is ended. That is, of course, from the Far Cry 5 soundtrack by Dan Romer, who also, uh, weirdly enough, did the Maniac soundtrack for Netflix. If you don't watch the show Maniac, you should. It's very entertaining. Um, he's a, is a composer that I uh, grew a lot of admiration for this year. Uh, I think that the soundtrack went under unnoticed because uh, of the game it was attached, attached to. Most people are not going to assume that you're going to have a beautiful soundtrack with Far Cry. It's just one of those things I don't think people are going to expect. But as me and Fish will tell you, that game has a surprisingly... Now, there is a lot of music in the game that is very well done, sort of like country electronica kind of stuff for like the action fights and, and gunfights and stuff like that. Um, sorry, action sequences and gunfights. But like a lot of the menu music and some of the poignant moments after things happen, there's just like this very beautiful uh, melodies like banjos and stuff. And you're just like, where is this coming from? It's just weird. But it, it complements that warm feeling of hope. Um, that they were going for, I guess, if you're buying into that. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah I had, had definitely had that country type of vibe to it with uh, the banjo being very pronounced in a lot of those uh, those different themes that they had in that game. Um, which, you know, hearing a banjo with, like, so many wind instruments and string instruments in the background like that it's like it's something different you know but it had like this nuanced type of feel to it that just i don't know i appreciated it so much hearing that no you're right like i don't think people i think that (laughs) this is no this is i love far cry more than most people do but my guess is that whenever they told him what to make he was thinking like way more serious if you've heard his music with uh like um the maniac and stuff like that it's the music is very earnest in a way that even if the game's not connecting like it probably is very confusing if the game's not connecting with you at all to have this sort of emotional score with it so uh again i don't mind tones that go all over the place but yes it's very strange and unique there's it it actually stood out to me not just because i like the music but it didn't sound like everything else that i was hearing uh it's just weird that it was in a far cry game i would have never i would have never guessed that um mm-hmm. so if for some reason 
you've never heard it, you should check. And another cool thing I want to say anecdotally is there are songs that play on the radio in that game. Like when you're in a car and like in the speakers, like there's these sort of like brainwashed like hymns and stuff that play out of the speakers of the different cult buildings. Then they wrote special songs for those that are sort of like the songs that they listen to whenever they're in their crazy circle, you know, like we gave them a chance and now we're going to kill them all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they, they sort of like, it's almost like two soundtracks in one. It's, it's crazy. Um, so I'm glad you recognize that fish. I'm right there with you. Now we have, this is a song called autumn's rise from the cross code soundtrack, which is a, a game that Josh and Th I'm sorry, Josh and Shay have already talked about extensively. give it's you all the ps1 feels it does and it has this really interesting like feel of like if they mashed like a like a french contemporary song mixed with like a spanish dance flamenco thing going on it was mm -hmm. it's really interesting i love that music in that game yeah yeah it really is yeah, good it I hope I will be excited for that game to come to hopefully another platform because I just feel like it's going to be a lot more reachable like into the breach. I've sold so many people on that game on the switch, um, at least giving it a shot that. Because uh, I think that's PC only. So um, the composer is Denise Akbulut. If I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, perhaps there is a strong affinity for Denise, not it's Dennis, fun. Denise, not Dennis. No. Not St. Dennis. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a couple more here. This is a lot of fun. You know, who doesn't love music? Um, me and Josh, there was both one that I wanted to acknowledge that Josh all wanted, wanted to acknowledge as well. And then we're going to close with uh, a banger uh, that Shay sent. And then we can move on. Um, actually, no. I will, I will ask you guys what your very favorite one was because we've done a lot of samples just because it's a lot of fun. Now, this song is called Ninja's Respite, and it's from our dear friend Rich's favorite game of the year, The Messenger, a game that goes for a lot of, like, uh, Sega Genesis almost kind of sounds to it. Um, this song is called Ninja's Respite. <laughs> yeah that was a good choice that that alone makes me want to like play that game as soon as this these two podcasts are over i'm probably gonna play mm -hmm. that next oh that, that oh man that music's good it is that room 
That reminds me exactly <laughs> of Sega Genesis. Holy shit, I want to fucking play that game now. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that sold That's you funny. on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's all it took. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all. That's like, if you guys want to sell me on games, don't like don't talk about the story. Like, I love story, but pick the best music. You'll always sell me on a game. Hmm. I just want to lie and tell Shay everything's. Uh, oh, it reminds me a lot of the Sega Genesis. You really got to check out this, dude. It would work. <laughs> it would work like the first five times. I would like. I'd be like, oh, Sega. Oh shit, I'm hooked. And like, it's. Far Cry 6. I don't see the Sega Genesis. Morgan, gosh darn it, you got me again. <laughs> I won't fall for this next time, three yeah. months down the road. You'll, oh, shit, you gotta play this new game. It's like... You'll become... It's like the first Sonic <laughs> from Sega Genesis. What? Ah, oh, last time I fell for this, but if I if I don't try it... I don't know. You know what? I'll try it. Yeah, you'll I'll be... Try um, <laughs> <laughs> you'll be way too wise to it at that point. No, it'll um, take it take me many times. Well, that's good to know. Um, okay, well, with if that happens to be the case, um, I actually forgot one, but that's okay. I can save it here for a second because this is my most my most important one. But um, I want to know what you guys. Um, what was your favorite? We have a lot of samples here, and uh, I want to know, Shay. Uh, if you had to pick, I'm sorry, I forgot one of your samples too. So if that's you your did, favorite, because I was going to say the one that you didn't play is going to be my pick. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, I'll play. I'll play it then. I'll play it. I'm sorry. No, you uh, good. That's, that's all good. That's that's important. Um, and we all love to hear music, so you can set it up while I while I get the file. All right. Um, I had a really hard time giving anything else award wise to this game. Uh, art direction was another one I wanted to give to this game, but obviously my memory of us takes the cake for that. Hmm. Um, I have really mixed opinions about this game still. I, I'm giving it a little bit of time, and I'm going to play it again probably at the beginning of next year. Um, it's, it was a difficult game because I, I absolutely love this studio. Um, I've, um, I've loved everything I've played from them. And playing playing this game was a, a letdown because of my own expectations, nothing that the developers did. And um I think I think the game has a lot to offer. I just need to give it another honest chance. But what the two things that stuck out from the game the most um was one, the art direction obviously, and two was the music. Uh the music in this game is phenomenal it is if you and i i talked about it a few weeks ago it's if you take uh bastion and add some metal twist to it um and it even differentiates itself from bastion and makes it its own game but the game in or the music in this game is incredible um it is the the shining moment in this game bar none and that game is Hades, and I will say that um, the way you talk about Supergiant games reminds me of like someone who's had like a boyfriend that cheats on them over and over again. You're like, oh, he's going to change. He's going to get better. <laughs> or girlfriend, I guess. That you were, you yeah. were willing to give this game so many chances because you love that company so much. It's fascinating. Um, that's, that's true devotion right there, my friend. Well, but just, this is the... Me- I'm sorry, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Um, I no, just, I just think it's I just think interesting game, to. See. God damn it, Morgan! <laughs> the lag, <laughs> the lag. Um, 
No, I just, to your point, I just think that I didn't go into it with an objective opinion. I think I went into it with, like, high, high expectations. So that's why I want to give it another chance. Okay, well, this is uh, a track called Mouth of Sticks from the game Hades from Supergiant Games. build to it i appreciate it because that's like that's the part like that really gets you in the I fourth like, measure I hope, I hope he <laughs> i hope he lets it go to that point because yeah <laughs> it's just like it's just like it actually reminds me of um and this is going to be a very obscure reference uh morgan did his first solo album about four years ago now um and i remember this was shortly after our first band had broken up and um I was I was in Australia at this time, and I remember, um, or it was right before Australia, he was sending me some of his demos to be like, hey, give me your honest opinion. And he had the song called The Climb. And it just slowly peaks and peaks and peaks and peaks and peaks and peaks. And that's what the song really reminds me of. Not necessarily the sound of your your song, Morgan, but just like that style of like, it starts really subtle and then just peaks and peaks and peaks and peaks and peaks. And... Uh, this album, this the soundtrack really goes for feel in the game, and that's why yeah, it, yeah. it draws me in so much. Like if you're doing some like kind of rudimentary grinding, it has some really peaceful, relaxing, fun music for that. But then when you're you're really getting into it, you're fighting the bosses and stuff. The music is very, very good at being atmospheric, and you know just fucking hammering you in there. So. I love the soundtrack in this game and that that song. I remember hearing it and I was just like Giant or not Giant Bomb, Super Giant's going metal. I love it. I was so happy mm-hmm. about it. So, yeah. Yeah, get dark and heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely my favorite part of I I yeah, we'll talk about Hades again some other day, but uh, it's definitely good stuff. It's weird. It sounds like their other music but like heavy. It's got electric guitars in it. It's wild. Um Exactly. If, exactly. Like they kept their personality there, uh, in the music, but they inf- infused it with something slightly different to fit the the narrative of this game. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, Josh. Uh, so of the selections that we played from you and that you talked about, uh, if you had to settle on one, um, what would you what would you go with? Like a single song, or what? Oh, or no, I mean like a soundtrack. Okay. Uh, so those are samples from it. Or by the way, no one's used their tie yet, which I think is fascinating. Just wanted to say that. Yeah, I've tried to avoid it because last year was all ties. Everyone had a tie for every category, and it was unreal. Unreal. How many times they tried to say that it wasn't really a tie, but it was, you know, mm-hmm. a tie. Um. <laughs> um. 
sorry, derailed myself there. Um, Celeste is just by far the soundtrack that I have listened to. Loved it during the game, listened to it the most out of the game. Um, because one really cool thing through there is the 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 normal mode of the game, just playing through the story the first time to kind of get what's going on, and it, it's pretty easy to get through. It, mm-hmm. You've got a really good soundtrack that you know builds the character and everything that I've already talked to before. But as you get into it more and kind of explore more, you'll unlock hard modes that have remixes of basically all the songs from the mm. regular soundtrack in really cool and interesting ways. Um, and it just, it gives that, the soundtrack to that game so much depth. Like it was already, already an amazing soundtrack before just going through the first time and just what, what you see just from finishing the game is amazing. And then from playing through the hard modes and everything else, it just gets even deeper than that. And it's really, really cool. It's, it's absolutely the game that I've listened to the most this year by, by a lot. Yeah, yeah, the B-sides are cool because they're really challenging levels, but there's famous, like the, the gentleman, Ben, uh, God, his last name, I just fucked it up, Ben Prounty, who we just talked about who did the uh, Into the Breach soundtrack, he even does a remix on there. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of really cool remixes of songs that are just really wacky and crazy in a lot of ways that change up the tone. Um, yeah, the, the Celeste music is just really emotional. Josh's soundtrack of the year, Celeste. Emotional stuff. It's an emotional, and that song has a beat drop in it too. It's just like, ah, fish. Soundtrack of the year. What are you gonna go with if you gotta settle on something? Man, that's tough because Josh really sold me on Celeste there, but (laughs) I have to go with what what game actually stuck out to me the most with its soundtrack, and frankly, was a fucking surprise to hear it from a Far Cry game, but. The Far Cry soundtrack definitely sticks out the most to me this year. Just because of... It, it almost has no right to be that good in that game, <laughs> it's, in a way. It's kind but, of true, I guess. Kind of, yeah. But it it also, like you said earlier, Morgan, it complements what's going on in that world in a weird way. And uh, there's also a lot... On their on the actual game soundtrack that I think came with the collector's edition, or I I didn't get it in the regular edition, so I'm sure it came with the collectors. But mm-hmm. there's actually vocalists as well, uh, and there's multiple different vocalists in that game, or in in that um, on that soundtrack, and um, some of them are actually really good too. Um, and I'm just surprised that you know Dan Romer can produce stuff like that with vocalists and yet you know some of them come off a little cheesy and not as well thought out but others mm-hmm. definitely well, i think they were intentionally cheesy because they were like the cult music so i feel like right but right. yes i agree yeah 
Yeah. Almost reminded me of like church music. No offense to church music people, but <laughs> because they were going for like that church vibe, you know, like we're gonna, because yeah. they were like a religious cult, a vague religious cult. I wonder what religion they were worshiping. Huh? Um. Mm-hmm. All right, Far Cry. Woo! I'm so proud of you, Fish, for hanging in there. I'm not the only one. You know, I have a lot of people messaging me about the Far Cry soundtrack, and they tell me that I'm not crazy. So if you're one of those people that have, I love you. And if you're one of those people that hated the game and turned the music off, you're missing out. Um, so that's my tie to Fish. Uh, Far Cry 5 was a tie with one of the most uh, influential soundtracks I've ever heard in my life, which is, of course... From Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, I, I was a fan of a lot of the quieter moments, uh, the really sad stuff. I miss him every day. Um, every moment. Uh, what's that, the NFL theme song? Come on! That just... You cut my soul. da 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 um, da Are you ready for some football? da 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 that soundtrack is just like 75. A lot of people get fixated on the songs at the end, which are like these vocal tracks that play during these very emotional moments. And those are fine. Um, but I think it's going to be kind of too meandering and wandery for most people, uh, which I think is a shame. So that'll be my tie, Red Dead Redemption 2 and Far Cry 5. I'm right there with you, Fish. Um, all right. So that was a lot of good music that we listened to. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, it was was a lot of fun. So yeah. that's going to be a really brutal argument later. I can already tell. Uh, is it, is it so okay if I say my favorite soundtrack? Is that okay? You did. You said it was Hades. Okay, just making sure. I just want to make sure that's very clear that it's Hades. Now we can move on. Um, for the record, all of the soundtracks Shay sent me were from the last three weeks. So might be a little recency bias there. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh. Maybe. Suspicious. Maybe. Maybe. Actually, <laughs> Celeste was a close fourth, in all honesty. It was a very close fourth, but... um, Yeah, it might be a little bit of recency bias, but I'm not going to forget the, the music from these three games that I selected, so... I already know I'm not going to. Celeste was the fourth, though, that, like, I remember a lot of the music from Celeste, for sure. Mm-hmm. 